The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world... We are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here uh, this morning. Well, even Jake Tapper from uh, CNN mm-hmm. uh, knew that uh, <laughs> what uh, was reported yesterday was not good. Here's an audio cut from Jake Tapper. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped. And it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI. And to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Well, of course it does. Yeah. I mean, the information was out there before. You right. didn't hear Republicans, or excuse me, you didn't hear Democrats. I have heard Democrats in the longest time say that Trump colluded with the Russians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all knew from the uh, uh, the. Well, the legal filings that we would see from Durham occasionally over the last year and a half that, uh, you know, Trump was exonerated. Everyone now knows if you're paying attention, if you're not paying attention. There are people that don't pay attention to politics. But if you've been paying attention to what goes on in the world today, you know that Donald Trump did not collude with the Russians. In fact, uh, what uh, Durham showed in his report, is exactly what we said. The only party that colluded with the Russians was the Hillary Clinton campaign mm-hmm. and uh, the DNC, and that was with Iggy Danchenko, who created the vast majority of the dossier. Uh, he just made up stuff. They had a drunk fest one time where he made up a significant portion, the salacious portion of it, the the hotel room, uh, the P-tape. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all of that was just created in the mind of somebody who was drinking at that time, a Russian national who had ties to Russian intelligence. And so the only, the only evidence that exists in the world that in 2016 a political party or a political candidate colluded with the Russians to hack or and or change the outcome of the election was the Hillary campaign. Mm Mm-hmm. 
we know now that uh, both uh, Obama and Biden knew uh, that the, uh, you know, and got the warnings from the intelligence agencies that Hillary was going to attempt to set up Trump. We knew that uh, in, or they knew that in July of, uh, of, uh, of 16. So, you know, we've, we've talked about the, uh, the, the two enterprises that Hillary had in her campaign that were set up to make up lies about Trump and then sell them to the media and to law enforcement and then step back and say, hey, look, this is being reported by this paper. Look, the FBI is investigating this. And it was all the creation of the Hillary campaign all yeah. along. Yeah. We now know that. I mean, that's why everybody, the uh, FBI didn't fight it. The FBI simply said, well, most of what Durham has recommended, we're already doing. And Durham said, look, there's not a lot of changes. You just need to abide by what you're supposed to be abiding by, yeah. which is the right. law. And you're supposed to be law enforcement officers and enforcing the law, not letting politics lead you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, of course, you know, it sets the tone. We'll see what the GOP does in the House uh, and and what we might hear from Durham. It tells the story. And one of the things we've talked about over the years uh, since Durham was assigned was whether it was a, you know, going after Sussman and the indictment there or, uh, you know, ultimately the report. Even if no one goes to jail directly based on the work done by Durham, the story will be told. There will be a number of facts, and in this 305 pages, it brings together all the facts that we have been following all these years. Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of reaction yesterday as it came out, you know, well, too little, too late. Well, Durham was always going to take his time with the report. You and I had talked about that on and off the air. That was that's that is his method because he wants to make sure it's complete and that it's right, and that's his that's his reputation. So we always assume that you know because we've been joking. Where's Durham? Anyone heard from Durham? Does Durham even exist? Um, and then yesterday that question was answered. Boom. And so you know the idea though is to tell that story. That's that's what the report does. And unlike the Mueller report, it's a true story. It's based on facts. It's based on findings, not suspicions, not things that basically were conjured up by the DNC and the Hillary campaign and others within the Department of Justice. This is the true story of what happened. Yeah, biggest political dirty trick in American history. It really is. And it's and, it's quite unfortunate. And you know, if we if there was the political will, something might be done about it, but there I mean there's the the question would be okay, what effect does it have on any election cycle? Well, the fact that it comes out in May of 23 uh and will quite possibly play out this summer. Uh, with the GOP bringing uh, uh, Durham in uh, to to answer questions, uh, we'll see. I I don't put a lot of confidence in 
in it hap- it, it uh, affecting the election one way or the other, and that's because people condone this. They saw what was going on. The facts mm-hmm. were available to everybody, to anybody and everybody. And we followed it from the beginning, and not everybody did. And we talked about how you would be standing with people, you and I both kind of experienced this, you would be talking to people, and you would line out what happened, and they would have no clue. Their eyes would glaze over going, are you serious? What? Well, I'm and, actually, and they would yeah. just kind of, you well, know, zone out for a minute. Well, that's the one thing now with the FBI, you know, it, you know, they're, they're not even, they're not saying it didn't happen. No. Uh, no. You're not, nobody is defending and saying Hillary Clinton didn't do what she did. Nobody's defending Comey anymore. Right. So now it's going to be easier to get out there. And when I talk about it to people, they're going to go, oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, Hillary actually did set him up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, uh, do you approve of that? And I, and I think that many Democrats do approve of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to the late, uh, the late Ed Schultz, mm-hmm. who was on MSNBC, that said anything to win. Lie, yeah. cheat, steal. You do whatever it takes to win. Now, they didn't win on that. Remember, they, they lost the election. So she didn't win. Right, uh, but they did everything they possibly could, and her campaign did to attempt to interfere in the election. Understand too that the one prosecution and conviction for Klein Smith that was lying on a FISA application. Mm-hmm. That was basically where you know they he was trying to say that Carter Page was a foreign agent against the United States. When, in fact, he was an agent working for the United States. Mm -hmm. And he did that on purpose, knowing that he couldn't get a FISA warrant. That should have required a significant amount of jail time. Yeah. Because he didn't get it doesn't mean that it takes away from the seriousness of the actual crime. He's an FBI agent who lied on a FISA application. If we're not going to jail people for doing that. It's enough where the FISA court goes beyond what many people think should be the constitutional limits of of government to get a warrant and a, the the fearfulness of that. By the way, the liberals used to have over secret warrants, mm-hmm. and now, oh, it's no problem. Oh, he lied. No problem. He was going after Trump. It's okay to lie. It's okay to lie to get a secret warrant. I mean, the yeah. seriousness of that issue, irrespective of the punishment handed out, is something that should concern all Americans. But what we do have is the truth has come out. We now know that there was no collusion with the Russians except for the Hillary campaign in 2016. Trump was not a traitor. Trump did not commit treason. In fact, if you look at it and you want to throw out those labels, because the Democrats did, those labels from Democrats should be thrown at Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Yep. Because it was only the Democrats and the Hillary campaign that colluded with any Russians to try to change the outcome of the 2016 uh, election. And... We finally know the truth. Nobody's really arguing it. We know things like Adam Schiff, who claims uh, he wants to run for 
uh, Feinstein seat. Mm -hmm. Understand he was the biggest liar through all of this. He was pathological in his line that Trump colluded with the Russians, and now he wishes to be the senator from California. Yeah. Will California hold him accountable for his pathological lying? No. Will they hold him accountable for lying to the American public uh, about what intelligence he actually saw? And he lied to the American public because there was no intelligence, and he claimed the intelligence showed clearly that Trump colluded with the Russians. Adam Schiff was lying that entire time to the American public. And if it's okay with the, the Democratic voter, then we do have a problem in this country. Yeah, I mean, you don't see any outrage on the left about Adam Schiff. Nope, none. None. You don't. And you won't. You won't see people, you know, you might get the whole man on the street thing on, oh, yeah, th- no, that was wrong that they did that, if they even know about the Durham report. But there's not going to be an uprising. Nobody is outraged on the left about this. No. And if you're not, then you condone it. And don't be surprised if it happens to you. And think about it. with It's the, you know, after Watergate, but it's the Democrats that are actually condoning law enforcement as a political arm yeah. of right. the particular party that they wish to be in power. Talk about a banana republic mindset. Yeah. Oh, weaponize the DOJ to any extent, as long as they're using that weaponization in my favor politically. And it shows you what a fraud Comey was. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Comey was a complete fraud, a higher loyalty. (laughs) What? A higher loyalty. What was a loyalty to? Leaking illegally? Lying? How far does it go with somebody like Comey? I like somebody to do investigation of everything that Comey did. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd read that book. I told you during a break off the air. I don't know how much I would pay for a four-day fishing trip with John Durham. Everything off the record. And for a couple hours a day, you get to ask him anything. Oh, <laughs> I, I want to know it's in the 39 pages that are classified. Mm. Yeah. It's one of the things they talked about right. uh, Durham uh, and the fact that uh, it took so long because you can't get through that firewall of U.S. intelligence working with other intelligence. Even for an investigation like this, you can't get the transparency that you want. Well, look at the current situation where they're trying to get something that's not classified. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Because of blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Uh, No, we're not going to give you that information. To the oversight, the people that are supposed to be looking out, looking over this material and watching over the Department of Justice They're our eyes, but no, you don't get to do that, even if it's not classified. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
If U.S. rice producers get so-called trend or normal yields, then compared to last season, we're looking at an increase in production. A big increase, this from USDA Outlook Chairman Mark Jekanowski. USDA projecting a U.S. rice crop of 192.7 million hundredweight, which would be about 20% more than last year. That reflects a, a rebound in production of medium and short grain rice in California, where last year production you know, really uh, took a hit because of the, the mega drought and uh, inability to, to access irrigation water. That's certainly less of a concern this year, so production is back up in California. USDA projecting a record high domestic use of rice and a 21% boost in exports. Even so, rice stocks will grow during the marketing year, sending USDA's all-rice price forecast down 9% to $17.60 a hundredweight, but still... Pretty strong prices. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel. And Sitco Lubricants. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. To put this in perspective, just so people know, that this means that everything in the whole Russia collusion thing, what we went through really three years plus, with all of it was false. Yeah. Not only was it all false, but it was all a hoax. It was actually set up by the Hillary campaign. Everything was set up by the Hillary campaign and the DNC. Trump did not collude with any Russians at all. He did not attempt to change the outcome of the 2016 election uh, by hacking or any other means with the Russians. As the Durham report says, there wasn't any evidence at any time 
Zero. Yeah. Even... Which, which he, even he notes, even after the FBI had offered Steele a million dollars or more for him to corroborate any of the allegations in the dossier, Steele couldn't do it. They yeah. offered him more than a million dollars to back mm-hmm. up what he was saying, and there was nothing there. It was all a creation of the Hillary campaign. Trump did absolutely nothing wrong. When the Mueller investigation started, the whole uh, Mueller report, they knew. They never had any evidence to start out in the middle of it or at the end of it that Trump committing committed any crime at right, all. Right. By the way, this sort of throws out that, remember, after it, well, Mueller didn't do the, Mueller didn't do the, uh, uh, obstruction of justice. Well, now that we know everything we know today, that sort of gets blown out the window, doesn't it? Yeah. Now yeah. that now that yeah. we know that the person, uh, if you're talking about who might be more uh, criminally culpable, uh, a Trump for obstruction of justice or for Comey, how he handled the FBI, I think any fair-minded person would sit there and go, "Well, no, Trump didn't do anything wrong. He knew he wasn't hiding anything." Uh, actually, all the fault goes to Comey. Right. A higher loyalty to himself. Yeah. And his political narrative and not the truth and not working as a as the head of the FBI as an investigative agency, but as political activists to promote one campaign and hurt another political campaign. Yeah. But every, there was never any evidence. None. At any point in all everything that you heard over those years, Adam Schiff out every single day, Trump, the collusion is there. I've seen it. He was lying to you. Yep. And we said it at the time that he was lying to you. Mm-hmm. And we were right. each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. All right. The debt ceiling. Okay. I have an audio cut here. The debt ceiling. And the only body in all of Congress are the Republicans who raised the debt ceiling. And we did it way in advance before Janet Yellen told us when the deadline was. Because we didn't want to be here. So, no, I don't think we're in a good place. I know we're not. This ignoring the problem, thinking it's going to go away, he could bumble his way just into a default like he did on the, on the, on the on border. That's what we didn't want to have happen. So we raised the debt limit. We're protecting. I don't know. Maybe his secret plan is to wait till the last minute and pass our bill. Meanwhile, polling out, polling shows majority of Americans, 59.2%, oppose raising the debt ceiling with and without there being some restrictions on government spending. The results of the poll from Trafalgar uh, were obtained by Breitbart News. 
Uh, the results appear to support the recent legislation from the House Republicans that raised the debt ceiling while restricting spending. The poll showed uh, that 22% say uh, the debt ceiling should not be raised, even if there are cuts. 22% say don't raise the debt ceiling under any circumstances, which, Mm. by the way, you have to. Yeah, we based on the interest rates and the interest on the national debt, it's going to have to happen. Right. But 22% hold that. 37.2% say the ceiling should only be raised if spending cuts are included. So that's the total of uh, 59.2%. 40.8% say the debt ceiling should be raised without there being any spending cuts. So that's where you are there. Yeah, and, you know, um, you get into the questions then about, okay, for those that say there should be cuts, okay, where? (laughs) What do you cut? Well, I think you're going to hear what the majority of Americans, both uh, whether they're Republican or Democrat, believe, which is wrong. Foreign aid. That if you cut foreign aid and wasteful spending, then you've basically cut everything you need to cut in order Mm -hmm. to have fiscal responsibility that mm-hmm. couldn't be further from the truth yet the majority of republicans and democrats both believe that yeah yeah it's you know to a pollster oh no we need to do the responsible thing okay great we're going to start making cuts to these programs whoa 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 no 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 i like those programs well the problem is is that foreign aid is a just a drop in the bucket The the bigger problem, the much bigger problem is the train's already left the track or the, uh, the station. So we're, and it's going to leave the track soon. We're on our way. It's just a matter of how soon we get there. We're going to cross that threshold at that point when we can no longer service the interest on the debt. And when that happens, it will be chaos. Right. I mean, you service that first, and mm-hmm. you, you cut, but people don't want the cuts. No, they don't. And the biggest problem we have in the budget right now is the in the, the one over the last couple of years, which isn't talked about enough, is just the interest on the debt that has skyrocketed uh, due to the interest rate uh, hikes. Mm-hmm. And so we've probably added... Five six hundred billion dollars a year here over the last year and a half with the interest rate hikes of just interest alone. So even if you don't increase spending, if you just kept it at you know at, as the Republicans are talking about what just a one percent increase, mm-hmm. uh, you're still in a massive massive hole in funding a lot of programs that people will scream bloody murder if you cut them. Or if you change them at all, and that's just and the the other uh, the other problem is the interest on the debt, and uh, of course entitlement programs, uh, which are just swamping the budget, absolutely swamping the budget, and will continue to uh, to do so. And you know something's going to have to be done. You know you you said earlier that whoever gets into office, if it's for example if. DeSantis gets in the office, he's going to have to deal with 
because if he's in for uh, eight years, then that takes us to 2032. We need a solution by that point. Yeah. So if a Democrat outside of Biden gets in and the momentum's there where you can win a second term, Democrats or Republicans, everybody is going to have to deal with the problem of Social Security and Medicare. Right. And so we're going to hold off till the last second, which more likely uh, means that you're going to have a combination of cuts, premium increases, and extending the age out as to when you can collect. Yeah, it's, it's a, a, a combination of all of those or of some of those. And that's just one of the issues. That's just one of the problems, the fires that you inherit if you were the next president. Yeah. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. I wouldn't want the job. No. Nope. Meanwhile, at the border, hmm. what's going on at the border? Uh, the president saying, well, uh, we had encounters down. Still, what was it, 6,000 and then 4,000? Mm-hmm. Still way, way above what is what is uh, normal. But even Democrats, for example, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York, on with Al Sharpton saying the problem's going to be absolutely insane to this point. Okay, let's play another audio cut here. If I could put it up, please. Thank you. Well, Reverend Al, hearing the numbers going down is good news, but it's small comfort to us because the word we're getting is that the majority of these individuals who are crossing, and still high numbers, are coming to New York State. And we already have over 61,000, over 40,000 houses in New York City. They're bursting at the seams, and Mayor Adams is doing the very best he can in a difficult situation. We have stepped in $1 billion from the state budget I just enacted. We also are giving legal help to people, and now we're in the position of trying to help find places for these individuals. I asked the federal government to give us emergency funding. I'm asking for federal installations, like military installations, to help out. Let us have a large field and operations. We can put up the tents. You're going to start seeing people living in tents, not just on the border but in the streets of New York and across New York State, because we've reached a breaking point. Governor of uh, New York, I was joking yesterday when I said, "Mm, we may get to a point where one of the liberal mayors of Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, whatever, will start coming out and stating we can no longer support being a sanctuary city. I didn't know within hours that would actually happen. I had no I did, had not seen uh, any previous story, but uh, uh, Governor Governor uh, Mayor Adams of New York going to a judge and saying you need to revoke the sanctuary city status of New York City. We can't. I don't know what that would do. I don't know how that would free them up. I don't know if he's saying we have to that we have to pay. I don't think a sanctuary city policy says you necessarily have to pay. What it says is, for the most part, and I haven't read the sanctuary city law in New York, but I always thought sanctuary city simply meant we're not going to cooperate with the federal government. Yeah, we're not going to use our resources right. to cooperate with the, the feds on this. And, and if I'm the judge, I might respond, well, Mayor Adams, 
then you need to go through the proper means. If this policy was enacted, it was enacted by the people locally who represent the citizens of this city. city so if you want to change it, then put it up for vote or whatever you're going to do. City council needs to act on this. Why are you asking me for this? This is what the people wanted. And if they want something different, then city council and and you need to change it together. Don't ask one person to overturn something that was done through the people. You think about how unbelievable that is. If you would have told me just a year ago you mm-hmm. know, that, you know, yeah, illegal immigration is getting to be bad and, you know, and, and uh, Abbott and, and DeSantis are doing this. Mm-hmm. And this is going to cause, you know, cities like New York City to actually state that they wish to, the mayor to state that he wishes to revoke sanctuary city status. And who knows, Chicago might be next. Could be. With yeah. the complaints coming in that this could actually happen. I would have told you you were nuts. But I, because I didn't, you know, I, uh, again, uh, I didn't know the numbers that would be going to New York City because mm. they're they're overwhelming but you just think you just would have never thought that because that was sacred that's sacred ground and has been for Democrats I mean they have been so proud of their sanctuary city status when they actually don't have to pay for it mm-hmm. they're happy with it now that they have to pay for it it's the worst thing ever so they only have misogyny when it comes to misogyny they only have. I'm sorry. They only have xenophobia and misogyny. Throw that in there too. Yeah, why not? They only have miso- Excuse me, xenophobia uh, when it comes to the cost. Mm-hmm. But they're very pure uh, when they talk about taking care of everybody for no money at all, which is yeah. impossible to do. But it's just when you see it. Adam said the law of sanctuary city was in place long before I became mayor. I am following the law. As a law enforcement person, you know, we follow the law. We are now in court, now today, asking the judge to revisit this law to deal with the humanitarian crisis because even when they decided to put uh, uh, that law in place, no one thought they would be dealing with the humanitarian crisis of this proportion. Hmm. Yeah, when they sat there and put out this uh, invitation, all legal immigrants come to our City, mm-hmm. you're welcome here. We will not cooperate with the federal government. And that's the interesting thing because sanctuary cities is for illegal immigrants. It's technically not for migrants. So I don't even know if I'm a judge, I'm going to say, well, these are migrants. They're legally in the country. You are under no authority that the sanctuary city law doesn't even apply to migrants. Yeah, right. Because they're legally in because I would also review the law and say, well, did you mean it to be limited? Limited to the first, I don't know, 2,000 that show up after creating the policy? Yeah. This is one I throw back and say, look, city count, your city council has to respond. This is exactly where I would do it. That's the way I would do it if I'm a judge. You created something that resulted in something, and now you want the court to fix it. You got to go back to the same means that you created it with and deal with it. <laughs> now the Democrats, this is great. <laughs> the Democrats normally have been trying to overturn laws 
passed by Republican Congresses, right. by activist judges. Now that you want a liberal circular firing squad, now they're asking liberal justices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To act as activist judges to take away Democrat law. Right. Because the Democrat law is working as it was intended. Yep. People are showing up. Wow. By choice. Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Friday Radio. He is Eric Carley. I'm Gary McNamara. Did you see where CNN's numbers or primetime viewership dropped beneath Newsmax? Mm. Wow. And you saw that News Nation got rid of, what is it, Blue Bloods? The show really? they were running the during the ratings. Yeah, their highest ratings. And now they're going with, <laughs> not, now they're going with, they want to be news 24 7. It's like, well, you're News Nation. You should be. That should have been the case a long time ago. We, we thought. I was looking at some like Cuomo. I mean, they're pulling in. Uh, who's the other one there? Is it Cuomo? Somebody's pulling in like, I don't know, like 71,000 total viewers. Mm. Wow. It's almost like just having a signal on. Yeah. A test pattern. There are, you're talking about a nation. There are a show. number of cats on YouTube <laughs> that squash that. And they, they don't even know how to read. I was reading, though, uh, a, uh, uh, oh, I was reading an article yesterday about uh, uh, just uh, uh, just media overall, and they talked about News Nation, about how they were going to be, and they pointed out, we pointed out, we're going to be straight news. We're going to be talking news. It's going to be news. It's going to be news. Then they hire Cuomo. Yeah. Saying, well, he's an unbiased. It's like yeah, he right. just he just blew your credibility. <laughs> right. Have you no self awareness? Right. <laughs> it's like it's like you hired Cuomo. Are you we said the things that just landed on the planet a couple of months ago? Yeah. Do, you, do you not know the whole thing? <laughs> This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.